Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange once again with one of my favorite guys to hang out with. To uh, We chat on a daily basis on Slack with a fun group, but also he is Mr. Evergreen here at Pure. And we're going to roll through some of the cool and exciting stuff that's been going on in Evergreen. It's been a while, Kev, but welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you. It is always great to be here. So thanks for inviting me back, Rob. For sure, Kevin Rickson. Um, Geez, I'm trying to remember how many times we have done this over the three or four years. I think we're on episode five or six, but it's always a story that is worth telling, even if some of it stays the same, because there's such a great degree of consistency with the evergreen message. 100%. You know, I mean, it's definitely baked into the DNA here at uh, Pure. It's one of the things that we founded ourselves on in terms of trying to simplify storage. It was all about making it easier to install and run. And then most importantly, make sure that you could keep it modern, keep it expanding, keep it upgrading to match whatever uh, whatever needs that the customer has and that evergreen is you know both from an architecture and then now the multiple ways that it can mm-hmm. be consumed uh you know a real uh when, when we talk to our customers you know generally what we hear is it just works we love your support and evergreen is the bee's knees now they might use a different superlative there but uh you know, it's it's definitely something that people count on day to day to make sure that uh, it's it's solving the problems that they always used to have with their storage. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm excited to get into yeah. some of the new developments, the the multiple ways. We'll take a quick step back. How has the summer been coming off of Accelerate? Did you at least get some vacation time in this summer? I hope we tried. We tried. We really tried. And uh <laughs> longtime masker, first time coveter, it, mm. it 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 hit right before the family vacation and uh way too long of a story to go into here. But um we managed to salvage about a day and a half. Uh but yeah, the big the big trip is coming this fall after the the kids get off to their respective colleges. So and how is that going? Are they off soon, right? The the, the yeah, actually is going down. Uh, this week, I move my daughter in um, to start her freshman year down at uh, Cal State Monterey Bay. And then oh, my oldest is now living off campus in his very first apartment with a bunch of other folks um, down at Santa Cruz. Uh, but he doesn't start for another month. So it's it's kind of a slow roll. Oh, yeah. The UC system is always a little yeah. bit offset and always into late September. Or quarters and semesters. That was the bane of uh, I started on quarters uh, mm-hmm. in my college and then we switched to semesters the next year. And that was not a smooth transition for me, let me tell you. Yeah, it takes much, you know, a <laughs> lot, lot more time to uh, to to. And I used every second of it. Oh, yeah. No, for lots of procrastination. We had. I always tell people that, you know, that uh, nightmare that you'd have where you'd wake up saying, oh, my God, I forgot to go to a class that actually happened to me sophomore year (laughs) because I I embraced the slow roll a little too much. So I still have that bad dream. I mean, that's probably the most recurring nightmare that I have (laughs) is the one where you haven't attended the class at all during the more frequent than. Yeah, showing up yeah. somewhere naked. And, That's and you all get I to the end, and then I wake up in the morning and I go, "Would you knock this off? That was 
32 years ago that you went and did this college thing. And guess what? You, you, you finished, you, you graduated, like you don't need to worry. It's just really funny what rattles around in, in the, uh, in the subconscious. Well, really exciting with the, with the college uh, developments and how is the, the empty nest going to be? Is that going to be weird? It, it, I think it's it, it's uh, nervous sided, as my daughter likes to say, um, hmm. we're embracing it. But, yeah, there's there's definite times uh, I literally just uh, deleted a recurring entry uh, in my uh, calendar uh, related to my daughter and needing to get her somewhere. And it was like, oh, oh, I got free time back. But, oh, that's, you know, it's transitions yeah. in life. A transition. It's a transition. Yeah. 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 Now we're all in those transitions. I spent a chunk of, I think what it was Sunday night going through all the rigmarole that it takes to get a 15 and a half year old set to get their learner's permit and forgot oh. the driver online driver's training, the certificate gets sent through the mail. Awesome. So then we had to change the appointment for the DMV. And I don't know, everybody that's been through this knows exactly probably what, uh, what I'm going through, but all, all good fun stuff. Well, but kudos that yours was interested and motivated to get there is because we've literally been driving, you know, or allowing our kids to drive uh, all summer in expectation that at ages 20 and 18, they'll finally be getting their licenses. So yeah, the trend we have other friends where they have the 17 or 18 year old just shows no interest. And as long as we keep driving them around every main, one of my kids these days, huh? It's these days. Yeah. One of my hardcore things was just going to be, all right, you're 16. You figure out how to get to school now, even though you can't drive, maybe you'll take more interest in it now. Uh, get out the shoes, get on the bicycle anyway. Uh, well, great to catch up with you on the personal front (laughs) and let us dive in you already talked a little bit about the evergreen being something architectural and built into the DNA and you know getting around some of some of the, the storage bottlenecks. But I know also at a higher level, if we can start and drill down, yeah. we looked at the portfolio and, and we're really in tune with the business drivers. And it's far more than the the term that everybody uses, oh, it's well, it's digital transformation. It's digital flight. That's that's super overused. It's more. What were some of the drivers as we get into these changes that you and the broader team were looking at that necessitated kind of recrafting the portfolio, but also offering some some new options? Yeah. I, well, you know, when when you break it down, what are we trying to do with our IT technology and what what problems are we trying to solve? And, you know, the the main motions that people are looking for increased agility, both. I mean, it's business agility that you're looking for. But of course, in the context of IT, it's how IT can help foster that, you know, not just with faster access to data, but, you know, systems that can represent data in many different ways and, and, and you know, get the data to the people that need it, not just for analytics, but also, you know, making sure, look at the last couple of years, how many different ways did we have to pivot to be able to deliver information to customers, to, you know, our staff uh, in ways that we had never imagined before because one major either channel or, or, or way of consuming it, you know, in person was, was vastly limited over the last couple of years, you know, so that agility to be able to respond, whether it's changes or just, you know, things that you need to do to stay more competitive or 
as the second pillar really, you know, gets toward optimizing your business, Mm -hmm. you know, not, and that truly is optimization that sometimes that's seen as a code word for, I'm going to slash and burn my budgets, you know, do more with less. And I'm, and I'm using scare quotes on that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a very narrow minded way of looking at it. I think that's a very, you know, nineties sort of uh, mentality. And I think most people do take a look at it as, you know, where are they going to make the investments? Um, not just in the IT space, but, you know, within the organization, with, within the business, within, you know, the constituency to make sure that um, everything remains a, a vital and ongoing, um, you know, concern. And then the last one is this major shift that we've had within technology in the last, you know, five years or so, which is the shift toward as a service consumption and, you know, what most people certainly in, in terms of uh, storage or it think of as um, public cloud, but you know, when was the last time you went to the store and bought a piece of software? I mean, all software has been consumed as a service, you know, pretty much from the beginning, or at least, uh, you know, freemium type products that you can download and then decide to to subscribe to or something along those lines that shift has happened completely within you know the infrastructure world as well and you know when you take a look at all these these three drivers the the optimizing yourself to be as efficient as you possibly can and you know and and people fall in there too oh, totally. we have a huge yeah. problem with uh, getting the right talent retaining talent you know, so making sure that everyone is equipped as best as they can, so you can get the most out of them and attract the right talent, um, is a huge part of that optimization too. The move toward as a service consumption and you know more pay as you go consumption models, and then just driving that IT agility. We wanted to make sure that um, not only the technology that we're offering, but the way that people can consume it matches those drivers. And that's really what we launched at our Accelerate conference back in June was a new portfolio of Evergreen. So not just thinking of Evergreen as being um, the subscription that you got when you did a traditional storage purchase, you bought it, you own it, you manage it. And then, you know, we, keep it up for you and make it better over time through that evergreen subscription. You know, we brought our as a service offering, which we called pure as a service into the evergreen umbrella. Uh, and then we offered a new uh, subscription as well. So now there's three pieces of the evergreen family. And we can meet anybody where they are relative to that. And I love that you brought up the staffing part. Cause that's, Something that we've noticed over the last few years, I work with uh, somebody on our content team and we do a pretty broad, pretty broad market research survey via a third party. And we're now in our third year of doing it. And it's not too onerous. It's 15, 20 questions. Some are firmographics. And then we get into just general IT you know, survey questions. What's really been interesting over the last three years, and maybe it's it's you know, so, you know, pandemic driven kinds of things, but I think this was going to happen anyway. The, the concern and the challenges relative to staffing have gone from something a little bit lower on the list to one of the, the top one or two things. And so I think when, you know, when people think about the context behind Evergreen, and certainly there's architectural considerations and technology considerations, but when you get down to it with these three different options that we're talking about, it directly or indirectly speaks directly to what you can do 
right with 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 your staffing you know whether it's the the disruption or or challenges or or staffing working on you know sort of menial things or or you know things from the 90s right since you went there before versus how you want to leverage them or deploy them or is there a shortage like all of these address those staffing questions so i, yeah. I invite everybody to keep that in the back of your mind as we go through these different models you know, okay, it's a rebranding. That's really, that's really cool. It's it's easier to understand now that it's under one umbrella, but we're hitting right at the heart of what we continue to see as one of the one of the most challenging problems. A hundred percent. And you know, you mentioned digital transformation earlier. And yeah, yeah. To me, digital transformation is a tool that you use, or maybe a, you know, it's it, it's a big broad concept that really kind of touches on all three of those those pillars. I mean, obviously one of the reasons you do it is to get become more agile both for the IT and the business um but you're you're trying to optimize everything and the people are as important as the technology and then one of the other tools that you can use is this you know as a service consumption and i love how you put it you know meet people where they are because we really do look at it as a journey mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of folks who are still very comfortable with the traditional way of acquiring their IT infrastructure, you know, buy it, they're going to buy it. It's going to be CapEx on their books, probably. Uh, it's an asset. They're they're going to run it and maintain it and all. Um, and there's other folks who have completely embraced, you know, the public cloud model or the, you know, true cloud consumption model where it is more a service. You're saying, you know, I want, in the case of storage, um, this much capacity at that much performance and it's this kind of workload uh deliver that for me right and you know then there's there's stuff in between as well Mm -hmm. and what we wanted to do was make sure that we could meet our customers wherever they were on that journey and some of them you know it might be different divisions it might even just be different workloads lend themselves better to these different models when when you get right down to it, though, it's the architecture that makes it all possible. This is something that we have had from day one. It's baked into our um, our DNA, if you will. I said we wanted to make it easier to you know run and install, but also to to upgrade. And so everything was designed to be modular, and that you know it's easy for people to understand. Oh, okay, I guess that solves when you buy something and then you want to upgrade it. You don't have to throw it away and start over. That's what most people have thought of as what we used to call evergreen storage or evergreen gold. You know that I'm going to buy it, but I have a subscription that you know includes hardware upgrades and they're non-disruptive and whatnot. But that non-disruptive upgradable architecture also makes the perfect foundation for an as a service. Uh, type delivery, because the last thing you want to hear from your as a service vendor is, oh, okay, I see that this workload is expanding. Yeah, we're going to have to take it down over the weekend so that we can upgrade you to, you know, a bigger, better (laughs) fill in the blank here, you know, and what you want is nonstop availability the way you'd be used to in the public cloud, even if you have it on premises. And that's, you know that all comes down to the architecture that that Pure has had from the very beginning, and that's that's what powers all of our Evergreen portfolio. Well, and it comes down to more of a fleet consideration, right? And right. so, you know, you go back seven or ten years, and a lot of who we were working with were 
in the commercial space. And there's that, that space is still super important to us. Right. And it's, it's, again, we're, we're transacting on a couple of arrays to solve a problem. And in many cases, dealing with much smaller it support staffs, you know, people that have multiple hats that they wear, but now as we've evolved, we're also working you know, as a, a significant chunk and people can follow the, the, the public financial results. So I'm not giving away anything, but you've seen over the last few years, how much we've moved into the enterprise and right. You're talking to some right. kind of giant global telco or retail company or financial, there's not just instances where it's a transactional of, of two or, you know, they're not coming to us and going, we need to run this database. We need three arrays. They're going, we have a giant fleet that has a really complicated set of services across different workloads and use cases that we need to deploy but we don't want to treat our IT as onesie twosie kinds of things. We, you know, how do you help us with a fleet? And so it's been fun, you know, fusion releasing is going to have right. an increasing role within that. Uh, you know, I had um, Scott Dedman on the, the pod a few months ago, if people want to go back and that was really, how does the whole pure portfolio tie together to what you just mentioned about, you know, the different workload aspects and well, is it block? Is it file? Is it object? Okay, fine. Right. Let's get out of, point products and be able to deliver services on a modular level based on SLAs. And it's not saying that, you know, Evergreen Gold now called Evergreen Forever that, again, I want to hit on here um, with you is going to go away. But as we start moving into more of these fleet considerations where you're talking hundreds of, of products, it's less about the hundreds of products. It's more about, okay, well, we need to deliver this always on, you know, set of data services to this set of internal and external customers. How can you pure help us to do that? And it's going to be a mixture of one of these one of these three programs. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, I love that you just teed it up there. Um, you know, so what we announced at Accelerate mm-hmm. was a rebranding of a couple of things and the addition of an entirely new subscription. So you touched on one of them there. Yes. What we used to call Evergreen Storage or Evergreen Gold, we now call Evergreen Forever. Basically, because again, it's it's for those who are most comfortable doing the traditional purchase. The great thing is you can buy it once and run it virtually forever. And that's not just a marketing brag. It's not just a cute uh, you know, tagline or slogan. We have customers who have been with us for the entire 10 plus year journey here at Pure, started with our very first FA 300 series and are now on our latest flash array um, XR3, you know, to get down in the nitty gritties of the controller generations, that eight hardware generations, 10 plus years without having to rebuy with that same non-disruptive upgradable architecture. And, you know, a form of evergreen has been with them all the way. So when we say buy it once and run it virtually forever, we do mean that, you know, we have a track record, We've done 10,000 plus controller upgrades, uh, 97% of all pure arrays that are five years or older are still out there in, in use, not because Incredible. they're, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just sucking up power in the, and gathering dust, but because the, those customers were able to keep it modern through not only the non-disruptable, um, non-disruptive architecture, but you know, not having to lose their investment, the investment protection that came with the original Evergreen. So uh, Evergreen Gold is now Evergreen Forever. And then we touched on our as a service offering, which we used to call Pure as a Service. It's now called Evergreen One. And why? Because it's one subscription 
you know, that basically covers not only your on-prem sort of traditional style storage, but also, of course, um, our cloud block store, um, public cloud um, with the exact same purity data services running on it all on one unified subscription. It is designed not to be a, as you were saying, hey, let me think, you know, what product do I need? Right. And then start right. figuring out how, yeah, how do I engineer a lease around that? It is, um, you know, prospects and customers come to us saying, you know, this, this is what we're trying to solve for. And then we come back with a proposal that, oh, that sounds like that matches this particular, um, you know, workload, and offering that we have in tier based on the capacity and the performance that you need. And then we deliver whatever product is going to fit them the best, but that's, that's on our end. And then we manage it, make sure not only it, it, it stays up and performing to their standards, uh, but also if it needs to expand or upgrade, et cetera, you know, we're managing that for them. So it truly is a, um, a service, not just a financial you know, maneuver to make it appear more like OPEX on a balance sheet. You know, in the end, it's up to that. The last thing that people should be considering is I want to maximize my OPEX versus my CAPEX. It should really be, you know, what problems am I trying to solve, both from a technical and a business perspective? And then we'll be able to meet them there it's with whichever. More, yeah. yeah. It's far more aligned to the business outcomes. And that's, I know that's exactly. a line that we've used in the marketing, but it's actually really true when you dig into some of these deals and look at what, you know, what is actually being discussed and where customers want to go. And then what we go architect and, and deploy. And the team does a fantastic job of that, but it eliminates a lot of the, for lack of a better term, some of the, the excess or the waste that can come with undersizing or oversizing right. or taxing the team. It's truly aligned to, okay, here's a project or a set of projects that we want to do here. Are what we think the data requirements are going to be. Here's some potential upside and some risk. So how you can you pure build that, you know, that guard band in if, if, if we have that, but also we can contract, right. There's, it's just the ultimate inflexibility, but it's that alignment to the, to the business objective that is most critical. And I'm glad you mentioned the opposite. Like it's not financial modeling. That's not. Yeah. The thrust. I mean, obviously if that's a driver for an sure, organization, sure. we're, we're going to make recommendations, but you know, in the end, uh, we'll, it, it's going to depend on the accounting rules of that particular organization and, and the decisions that they've made. Uh, but you know, really it, it, it's about what are you most comfortable with and, and, and how is that going to help you not only solve today's problems, but, those in the future. And then the the third announcement that we had was something that, you know, it's it does fit somewhere in the middle between mm -hmm. a, you know, completely as a service offering and a you buy it, you own it, you pay for it once, and then just have something like a a minimal ongoing subscription that that, that helps with the upgrades. Um, we call it Evergreen Flex. And it is designed to kind of fit that gap between the middle there. And you touched on fleet. Yeah, And yeah. the fact that so many of our customers are looking to kind of rationalize how do they manage their entire storage fleet, all the different workloads, all the different kinds of technologies that they have. Uh, Evergreen Flex was designed to really help with that. You know, if someone for whatever reason uh, is not a candidate for the Evergreen One fully as a service model, it might be because um, there are regulatory or just, you know, internal governance um, you know, mandates that they might have where 
they want to actually own that gear, very similar to a traditional purchase, but they still want to take advantage of a more pay-as-you-go model and one that is optimized at the fleet level. That's really what we designed Evergreen Flex for, because what it does is um, it, it shifts uh, the, the cost from just buying that gear outright. There is an initial purchase on it, but it's at a much lower rate than it would be if you did the traditional purchase. And now um, the subscription is taking a much larger um, percentage based on not just the capacity that was originally purchased for it, but the capacity that's actually used. So it's much more like evergreen one in that, um, in that scenario. And again, it would be up to the accounting rules that each individual organization is using. It may wind up being sort of a CapEx OpEx blend. It may be all CapEx. Um, and there are industries and organizations that uh, really do want to maximize their CapEx spend, uh, but they want something that's a little different than let me let me buy the box and then hope that that's going to, you know, that, that I made the right decision <laughs> in not only in terms of a, a vendor, but more importantly, in terms of sizing, you mentioned over provisioning or under provisioning, yeah. Yeah. you know, with a pay as you go, it may even be that you are a hundred percent sure right now and you have the budget for this new project that's coming up. And then guess what? It gets delayed by six months. Um, though those resources aren't tied up, if you're only going to be paying for what you use on that subscription, now those resources could be shifted to another project that might have been prioritized over it in the meantime. And there's a lot of different ways that it um, it winds up living up to its name being a flexible subscription and a flexible offering depending on uh, where customers are. So these three things together, uh, evergreen forever evergreen flex and evergreen one you know are designed to meet our uh, users where they are in their journey and again it could be their journey as an organization uh in their digital transformation or it could just be you know based on the needs for one particular project yeah and across the board i i always kind of view it as a as a hedge against risk, right? I mean, you can use risk as, yeah. as uh, you know, if evergreen forever, okay, great. That's, that's a, you know, that's a hedge against the risks due to disruption and, and downtime when you're having to upgrade and risks against, you know, changing budgets, evergreen flex, you just articulate it really well is a risk against changing market conditions, potentially right. Right? don't get too overly invested, but still have that ability to invest some and align and evergreen, evergreen one is, is really the risk that comes with with staffing and and changes in staffing right. and optimizing staffing, right? So, um, you know, I, that's that's where I come come back to it, where it really speaks to the business risk that is out there. And heck, you know, anyone out there consume whatever works for you, or some combination thereof, right? It's not necessarily right. like a one a one size fits you. We won't restrict you to just one of these programs, you know, figure out what works for you and what part of your environment. Exactly. You can move between them, you know, and it, I, I think it really gets back to what you were saying about agility at the very beginning, you know, if, and, and this whole minimization of risk, 
you know, storage has been the worst culprit when it comes right. to agility. Uh, it has been the least agile and, uh, you know, fungible part of the infrastructure. Elastic. It's another term that people use, uh, you know, not just from the standpoint of, okay, you buy it and then it's hard to upgrade and then you got to throw it away. Um, you know, being able to consume just what you need to, uh, all those so many different ways of looking at it. The architecture that Pure has makes a lot of that go away, but having a a choice in how you consume and how you deploy it, and uh, even having a mixture of these different things, that's the ultimate in both IT and business agility. And that's really what is spurring. We keep hearing from customers over and over again, you know, we've been able to accelerate our digital transformation plans by going with Pure, not just because of what was solved on storage, but because it freed up resources, whether it was people, budget, et cetera, to now be able to tackle all the other things that are on that digital transformation or just the general IT punch yeah. list. Yeah. yeah. So how do we help people learn? I know over time, you know, I know in the evergreen forever, now forever page, I got to keep burning that into my brain that <laughs> we've always had some really good, interesting side-by-sides that are, that are really yeah. pointed against the competing uh, programs and, and offerings that, you know, in past episodes, we've always kind of called, I think the first one, one of the first ones did was like the imitation imitations and is the most sincere form of flattery for, right. for how our competitors were going about it. So how do we help people learn, right? They've heard this, they want to go check out, you know, what, what a sample TCO might be or comparisons. I know you still have that chart on the evergreen site and it's great and has gotten, gotten upgraded, but we want people to think, twice the next time that they're going to do a refresh on their existing platform. Like inertia is difficult, but, you know, is there a better way out there? And of course, for those customers that are on Evergreen have experienced it through many, many generations, or maybe even one generation, yeah. they're typically our greatest advocates, but how do people go and learn more, you know, what, what, what's been developed since June and even that existed before that? Yeah, I think if you go to uh, Pure Storage slash Evergreen, um, the first page that it'll take you to is, uh, you know, a way to get to all three of these subscriptions yeah. and drill in a little bit more uh, with a little bit of, you know, idea of what benefits and uh, who they're for on each of them. And then on each of the pages for Forever, for Flex and One, they're great resources. And I loved what you touched on at the end there, because the number one thing that I could recommend on all of those different pages are the customer stories. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, hearing from peers, uh, just like our listeners out there, how they've been able to solve their thorny IT and business issues uh, by utilizing not only these amazing pure products and solutions, but especially coupled with these solutions, or excuse me, the subscriptions that help them, you know, now be able to deliver those solutions on a much faster time frame, much lower cost, uh, to stay agile over time. I mean, that's that's where we tend to see the light bulbs going on the most for folks, whether it's individual savings that they have. And sure, we definitely have some, you know, TCO tools and other things that people can do the compare and contrast with what they might be used to today. Um, and uh, especially, you know, again, it really does come down to the architecture and the, and the DNA of the organization. And that's, that's one thing that we know we have different here at Pure than some of the other, some of the other uh, solution and, and storage vendors, especially that you could be looking at out there. 
Well, and I think what's great is when our customer advocates come out and talk publicly about this and it demonstrates the impact that we've had, not just at a business level, but also at a personal level, right? When we're sitting at shows and we talk to storage admins or DBAs or others who say it's night and day since they brought pure into their environment, not only just because it works and it's it's fast and it you know it's the common thread through all the customer reviews it's kind of funny whether it's a you know a database solution or analytics solution or whatever use case vmware that's out there there's always one part of the part of the reference that goes and also evergreen you know evergreen storage but the personal benefits as well because for any yes. it shop that's gone through a forklift migration and we still should use that term because it's still going on out there with yeah competing old products or so anybody that's done a forklift migration, the amount of planning and the amount of people hours necessary to figure that out and the downtime and the outage to the business. Once you go through, and it's always, it, it, you know, I, I had the university customer on, couldn't name the university, but uh, when you talk, when you get to the part where you're talking about, tell me about your first evergreen upgrade, right? And they go through <laughs> it and there's always that same common thread. Well, we weren't, you know, you guys said it would do this, but we weren't, Sure, we believed it, but we talked to some other customers and they said, yeah. And then we, you know, we did it on the weekend and oh, oh my gosh, it totally worked. So now we just do it on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock or whatever, right. you know, whatever it is. It's just, it's a really fun to see that common thread go in. So if you're, you know, if you're considering pure out there, don't talk to us, go, go talk to some peers in your industry. I know you, you IT folks all talk to one another. It's, it's, you know, particularly in, you know, some of the more moderately sized cities, talk to one of your peers that's gone through it, go, go ask them how it went. And, and you'll get probably a similar story to what we're telling you here. Yeah. Any, and even check out like the unsolicited reviews on like mm. a pure spot or um, trust you know, on Gartner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because again, we're constantly winning there. Hey, you got the highest rating award, you know, cause again, it, and it's not like we're out there, you know, seeding these, these are just uh, users that are, that are happy and um, you know, where we've managed to solve some problems for them. And we'd love to be able to talk to you all about helping you too. Well, it's awesome. I think we've 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 hit the mark there, Kev, and you even got some really good some really good stats in there. I always love when you you know talk to the quantity of controllers upgraded, and that ninety seven percent of of uh, arrays over five years old are still. And I like those are worth repeating, yeah, just to hammer home to people the the strength of what the Evergreen program can do, and it's even getting better and and evolving. So. Um, appreciate you coming on. I think you already told people where to go is purestorage.com slash evergreen. Anything that you want to plug yourself that you have coming up or that's going oh, on? Oh, there's lots of stuff coming up and nothing I can, uh, I can plug yet. Uh, I mean, certainly no big changes or news at this point, but, uh, lots more, uh, content and, uh, especially, you know, customer content that's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, so if you just, even if you just keep hitting refresh on that page, um, there'll be, there'll be more new stuff all the time. Well, and what's always great is that you and the team have gone out and worked with analysts to go out and kind of do third party yeah. to do to do analysis. So again, kind of sponsored 
by us, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's how that's how that part of the business works. But when they go out and they kind of unsolicited hit customers that using this and bring back the financials and the real world results compared to other offerings, that's really where it hits home. And you have just a multitude of those kinds of reports that anybody can go if you want to get really deep and dive many, many pages, or if you just want the high level snapshot oh, yeah. to, to justify to your management, this is the right way to go. Go, go check those out. Cause there's just a myriad. Pick of your three letter uh, analyst. We, we have a paper from them. Yep. Yep. You do a great, <laughs> whoever your favorite is. Exactly. Um, thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming thank on. Thank you. As always, usual. always a pleasure. Always good. We'll have to do it again soon. And I hope you out there, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot out of hearing the upgrade. Kevin is always a fantastic guest. We love having him on and keep telling a friend, a colleague about the Pure Report and we'll keep the great guests like Kevin coming on to the show. And with that, it's time to wrap for Pure Storage and Kevin Rickson. This is Rob Newman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.